Want to know why your interiors or images don't look like the ones you see on your favorite social media feeds? What if I said I could let you know and show you what's missing and how to transform your spaces with clarity and confidence? The truth is creating beautiful interiors is simple when you know the right strategies, but most people go about it the wrong way. This is why I created the Styling Masterclass. It's the only program that simplifies the art and science of styling, giving you the clarity and confidence to take your interiors to the next level and attract your dream customers or clients so you can make your creative dreams finally possible. This is for you if you're an interior designer or photographer, have an Airbnb, a homeware shop or e-commerce business, and you want your interiors to look like the ones you see in your favorite books, magazines or Instagram accounts. Come learn how to style using my signature method so you can elevate any interior and create compelling imagery, which is your most effective marketing tool if you're selling a product or service in the world of interiors. Any successful business owner knows that styling is your secret weapon to cut through the visual noise, stand out from the crowd and grow your business. Styling is something that you don't want to leave to chance. In today's world, images are everything. This is why leading interior designers and architects always use stylists to finesse their spaces for photography to make sure they've got incredible imagery that they can use for their socials and website. Come learn how to make styling not only an essential element, an easy way to create content for your socials and website, but learn how it can propel the growth of your creative business. If you're serious about creating beautiful interiors and a business you love without struggling in obscurity, this is the program for you. I'm going to share my process and give insights that you're not going to get anywhere else because I've been working as a professional interior stylist for the past 15 years. The Styling Masterclass will give you that clarity and confidence you need to take action and connect with your dream customer or client so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. Every day, the choices we make create our imprint the mark we leave through our life and on the world. I'm Natalie Walton and this podcast is for you if you want to make better decisions in your daily life, from how you create and run your home to building a meaningful business and life that you love. If you're interested in living more intentionally and responsibly, come join me and leading creatives, entrepreneurs and experts every week. Together, let's create an imprint worth leaving. Before we start today's episode, I want to share with you something exciting that I've been working on. As you know, I'm a big believer in making our homes the best that they can be, whatever stage we're at on our journey. How we do this is central to my books, This is Home, The Art of Simple Living, and Still, The Slow Home. And so I've turned this 10 steps on how to make a home from my first book into an online workbook that you can apply to your own home. So if you'd really like to create a place that you can love today, then go to nataliewalton.com to receive this free workbook. I hope that you find it helpful and it sets you on the path to creating a home that you truly love. Just go to nataliewalton.com to download the free workbook. Okay, back to today's episode. Hi, Amy. It's so nice to see you. Um, I was just trying to work out when was the last time that we were actually in contact because I'm really bad with yeah. dates. And so obviously we're now in a new year. So it wasn't last year, but the year before, which yep. I think makes it 2019. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it and obviously it feels like the world obviously has changed so significantly since mm-hmm. we met you. You had just moved to um, or recently moved to East Hampton yeah. from living in Brooklyn. Yeah. And um, yeah. And like I said, life has changed significantly. But I guess I want to talk to you a little bit about your creative journey 
and you know how you got to the point where you're at now. I'm a huge fan of your work, both your architecture work <laughs> and also your furniture design and, and just everything that you do. I just love how you kind of show up the you know your Instagram feed like everything it's just so thoughtful and considered and simple and calm and <laughs> um I I just love it so I just um thought it'd be interesting because people will know you through my books which is because mm -hmm. your home your Brooklyn loft is in this is home yeah. and your um current home is in still mm -hmm. and they can kind of read about your home journey but we haven't really spoken about your kind of creative journey mm -hmm. so I thought that's what we could do today yeah so thank you so much for having me <laughs> You're welcome. So um, yes, let, let's start at the beginning. And I guess the other mm. thing I should just say for everyone to know is that I have met your parents and your sister. Yeah. Chris and I actually photographed your um, your parents' home, which you designed. Yep. And um, your sister was living downstairs at the time in a kind of under, um, like an apartment okay. underneath yeah, the house. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I actually got to sort of see your work in real life mm -hmm. before I met you. And um, and you, like I said, your sister, she's got this um, business with her husband, Mr. and Mrs. White, which is furniture design. Yeah. But your parents aren't creative, though, are you? So where did this creativity <laughs> come from? Well, they're not creative in the sense of they don't have sure, creative, creative roles. Profession. As such. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, my mom, though, had amazing uh, personal style and a great eye like especially for the home and and dad as well and um they uh you know going back to my childhood so like born in sydney australia and the northern beaches and um they we moved i think it was about eight times in a matter of like four or five years um, different rental houses and stuff. And so they would always do up these houses. And after, you know, a certain amount of time, the owners would be like, oh, it looks amazing. Like now I can get more rent for it. <laughs> and so they had a knack for definitely renovating um, and making home beautiful, you know, and um, big on creating atmospheres um, and, and making it homely. So I think they were creative in that sense um, and they entertained a lot and stuff like that. And I think also they just encourage creativity. So, um, uh, I mean, my earliest memory um, was when we, uh, they bought their first home in Narrabeen on Clark Street and it was like this beautiful uh, quintessential Australian house you know tin roof and big wraparound veranda and uh dad came home with a box of paper from the office you know it was like one of those um the paper that had the perforated edges that you had to like tear off you know <laughs> back in those days um yeah and uh that was that made me like the happiest little girl ever you know me and a box of paper it's just dream come true i would just sit on that veranda um and just draw it to my heart's content so I was uh it was encouraged for sure uh growing up so yeah yeah and so then what about then you're kind of then going through say school and you're getting into those later years did yeah. you have an inkling then that you wanted to do architecture or did that form later um in uh it formed later I always loved art school you know classes uh, at school um but uh yeah we actually so i moved to uh new york with my family when i was five um and uh they they decided to go to uh fly to california and then drive across america um which was just like huge you know Thing with three young kids and stuff um, and such strong memories I think of just this on this journey uh, on this road trip um, you know I remember the Grand Canyon and going to um, Native American reservations and just motels and just this crazy journey and 
Um, and then we ended up in Long Island, New York, and found a home and stuff. And at school, I yeah, it was just um, it was just something I loved to do. Um, but I think growing up, then I got to uh, probably my teenage years. A pivotal moment for me was um, I interned for an interior architect in Manhattan when I was thirteen or fourteen. Um, and I was thinking about it recently. It's just such kind of a pivotal moment for me. Um, from that time, I just knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, so it was kind of an amazing experience. You know, I, I lived in the city with a, a friend, family friend, and I would go to work with her every day and, um, just, yeah, experience the city as, you know, a teenager was really amazing experience. So, um, yeah, I can imagine Yeah, that that would have a huge impact and, and that you obviously must have felt enough confidence in yourself to be able to do that, you know, because sometimes those teenage years can be awkward years, but, um, mm. I guess kudos to you that you were sort of able to kind of see it through. Yeah, I definitely was. I feel like I was more of an introvert. Um, I kind of, uh, you know, liked art because it did kind of take me away from um, situations that I didn't feel comfortable in. Um, and uh, so, but yeah, it really gave me a huge confidence um, going and doing that. You know, at first I was sort of uh, <laughs> like, um, you know, just sorting the sample libraries and stuff like that. And then they were like, oh, choose this swatch or, you know, draw this chair and put together this and then like go and pick up this, uh, you know, these artworks at the framers. So I was just out on the street on my own carrying these huge artworks and just loving every minute. I felt I was really, it kind of brought out this independence in me that I really, um, yeah, I was just in my element for sure and watching these I was just fascinated by like these amazing women you know this is the 90s you know in Manhattan and they're like wearing the big shoulder pad like suits and stuff and just so strong and independent on their way busy doing things and I was yeah in awe so I think it was um huge yeah moment for me yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that. <laughs> and so when um so then you you but you studied back in Australia at the University of New South Wales, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. And were your family back living in Australia at that point? Yeah, so we all moved back yep. um when I was like 15, did my final years of high school and yeah, it was kind of one track mind to, you know, get into architecture and study um there was a moment where I wanted I was looking at going to art school um and uh I didn't get in I like you know did all these big drawings and had them professionally photographed and stuff and yeah I think it was just something that I um wanted to explore but I still knew that architecture as a profession as a career to have that as a degree was yeah something that I really wanted to do so I went to uh, UNSW and and loved it like i i loved um the courses i loved the people that i met i um you know any any opportunity to do kind of like courses that were outside of the university were um something that i would just jump at um so i went to broken hill uh, and did a class out there and to darwin um where I saw some like amazing architecture that really I think impacted me, you know, by um, like Tropo Architects and stuff, which was very regionally responsive architecture, um, and just this sense of design for the climate and the natural landscape, um, sense of place, and all that uh, really resonated with me. Um, so I think that kind of set me on a bit of a tangent to explore that kind of architecture during my studies. Um, and yeah. I, I did wanted to ask you about like your own personal style. As I said, I've been to your your family home, your parents' yeah. home, and and I agree. Like you know, your both your parents have got a great natural sense of style. Yeah. So it's not hard to see you know where you get it from. But yeah. um, I guess 
when you were studying architecture, did you have a sense of your, your own personal style then? Or did you rebel against your parents and then start, you know, because obviously they've they sort of got a very simple style, which is sure. what you've got now. But did yeah. you go through a stage where you were more into, I guess, ornamentation or, you know, more busy kind of <laughs> I style? Mean, I would always say like that, that I never really liked, you know, putting things in sort of style classifications and that sort of thing. I was never really, for me, it, it was always about like materiality and, um, proportion and space and and light and I know it sounds kind of like rudimentary but like it I yeah I was never really drawn to any kind of like classical or art deco or any kind of stylistic things um I think it was more about uh you know sort of structure or materiality um yeah in in what I was wanting to explore and I think that's what led me to then, you know, discover like Glenn Merkett uh, and Peter Stutchbury, who I ended up working for as well. Um, it was all so unique and detail driven and nothing was like selected out of catalogs or anything like that. It was all felt very custom and handmade and um, detailed. Yeah. <laughs> so. And obviously there's a very huge technical aspect to architecture. Um, yeah. It's so is that part of your your sort of brain, I guess? You know, like do you have a very technical brain as well as having this artistic side? Because architecture is one of those fields that really does bring these two elements together and you've got to be very strong in both, don't you? Yeah. I think I definitely had a technical brain, but I wouldn't say I was, um, you know, when it came to kind of the physics, the engineering or the, you know, I was really not interested in the whole like uh, services and, you know, designing, uh, you know, sort of the air conditioning ducts and the plumbing stacks and all that kind of side of it. I really had to just like get through. Um, it was it was tough, you know, um, because that, I was more interested in the design side of things for sure. Um, so that kind of was pretty tough at one point, uh, if we skip ahead, when I ended up moving back to New York and working for a really big firm in, in the city and thinking that I wanted this experience of, you know, <laughs> working for a big architecture firm, it was just really, uh, yeah, eye-opening in terms of like having to learn these crazy programs and um, very technical and hardly any design side to it at all so I definitely learned that that was not not me so yeah 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 no it's interesting mm. I did want to go back and just touch on though your time working with Peter Stutchbury yeah and um what you kind of learned from working within his studio um and you know how that informed your own um you know work practice or you know what are some of the big things that you learned from that period um definitely uh an appreciation for the process of through the whole process really from the client to uh designing to the site to detailing you know you're involved in every aspect of this building and it really is bringing this almost like sculpture to life um i was yeah, it was really, really fascinating and a huge um, education for me and just how things are made and put together and um, understanding uh, different trades and uh, materials and, and really just pushing the boundaries, I think, of what's possible and how we live and, and not to just accept the norms. Um, he would challenge everything, you know. Um, it was really tough, but it was good. It was really good, like, training ground sure yeah 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 and and because some people who listen to this podcast are you know there's an international audience and mm. some people might not be aware of his kind of work but he's definitely one of the most respected architects within Australia and I yeah. encourage people to to look up his work we'll put a, a link in the show notes to um to his site although I don't I always feel like his website doesn't actually represent not at a all huge selection yeah. of his work yeah. yeah he's done so much it's huge um and I will say also just another great experience was before I worked for Peter Sutchbury, I worked for across the road 
I worked for um, a single uh, operating architect. Um, so it was just him and me, and his name was Paul Johnson. And he uh, he was incredible. I mean, he was still doing everything hand-drafted and um, just such a great teacher and encourager. Um, and so, but, yeah, working there, I would always see the Stutchbury crew, like, having lunches you know like across from the office and Friday lunches and I had my my eye set on working there and and he he knew them and you know eventually um, I got a job there but actually I did I helped build Paul Johnson's house like I actually sort of physically did some uh, work and on that house and that was a great experience too again just seeing how a building comes together you know like just digging the like plumbing lines and that um yeah it was huge education early days for sure yeah yeah and so then after you worked for um Stotchbury is that when you went back to the U.S. yeah so Glenn my husband got offered um a job in a photography studio in New York and um yeah so we just were like okay let's go um it was really kind of hard leaving Stutch's office um he was super encouraging though. I remember telling him being really nervous and um, I kind of said to him, I was like, oh, I might actually just, I might do like shoe design or something. <laughs> um, just, uh, you know, and, and he was just like, yeah, go for it. He's like, you know, cut your hair short, dude, go crazy. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Um, I didn't cut my hair short, obviously, but uh, yeah, that was. Just, or design shoes. Or design <laughs> shoes, although I did have. <laughs> I did have like um, an interview with uh, Rag and Bone, um, and they were doing shoes at the time, and and they were like, "You don't have any <laughs> shoe experience or like you know degree or anything in that." And I was like, "Yeah, but it's just you know, it's architecture for your feet. Like, what's the <laughs> what's the big deal?" Um, so yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty like sort of just going for it but yeah it got to a point where it's like well I need a need a job so <laughs> ended up falling back on architecture obviously <clears throat> and is that when you worked for the big firm in yeah. um, mm-hmm. New York yeah 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 and so and what point did you then start to go out on your own or were you doing side projects along along during that time um so I worked for that big company for actually um six weeks <laughs> um wow. it was a short time it was a crazy experience but definitely for me you know it was just quite soul destroying <laughs> to be honest um and it was it was really tough time because I had to like get a visa to get this job and you know and and everything um and yeah so I um I remember calling my parents and just being like I can't I can't do this. It's just not me, you know. And they're just like, it's okay. Like, just you know, follow your heart. And so, um, I found another job for a small firm, and it was great. Did amazing projects there. So I was there for like, um, I think about three years, and then at that point, um, Ben and I wanted to start a family. So I fell pregnant with Navy, and I think I was about six months pregnant with him when I. Um, uh, just decided to leave and do my own work on the side <laughs> whilst being pregnant. Um, and I got my first um, project uh, for an Aussie girl, actually. And that first job was out east where we are now in, in a town called Amagansett. Um, so that kind of launched me to do my own work, which was really fun. And, and how did you kind of get that job? Like, did you know her socially? Is that how it kind no, of No, I didn't. About? I think she was recommended. I was recommended to her through um, Rachel Hudson, who I worked with at Stutch's office. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. That's yeah. nice of you recommended, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Totally. Yeah. How it works. Was that the, the um, was it Red Hill? Something uh, yeah, something Red like Dirt that? Road. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. That's a beautiful project. Yeah. And so can you maybe just share a little bit about the process on that? Like what, so what did you do? Um, Cause I know we sort of spoken that obviously there can be blurring lines between some elements of interior design and, and obviously architecture. I know it's a very yeah. different practice, but, yeah. but so what, 
what were you involved with with that particular project? Uh, everything, actually. I mean, what was I mean, it was a good kind of um, starting point because it wasn't a full ground up build or anything like I'd done uh, such as it was a renovation. Um, but it was great because I, we, we gutted it completely and touched everything, moved things around. We could really play with the spaces and added skylights and windows and um, <clears throat> everything was new. Um, so did, you know, kitchens and bathrooms and finishes. And then, you know, through the whole process, we were always talking about um, furniture and lighting fixtures and everything. So um, I really enjoyed that too, because I think that in the past, there was a bit of a disconnect between doing architecture and interior design and architects kind of had a bit of a, you know, um, kind of, you know, stigma, you know, between uh, the two. And I really wanted to try and do it all so it would feel you know it would marry together um and so yeah so we it was very quick actually because um yeah we designed it in a couple of months and got permits and then yeah started construction and uh you know would take navy you know to the construction sites and in the snow like you know uh wrapped on me and yeah, I, it was such a wild experience, but I loved it. I knew that's kind of what I wanted to do uh, at that point. And what were some of the big lessons that you learned? I feel like every project that you do, you kind of learn some big lessons or yeah. it informs like the direction you go in terms of um, yeah, your aesthetic or what you appreciate about spaces or how you design them. Can you share maybe some of the things that you learned on that project yeah I mean that one I feel like we we really um you know we had great kind of communication and felt like we were just a team doing it together and I feel like that was a great experience um it's not always like that you know with clients um and the builder was really on board so it was just um it was great to experience something that kind of ran fairly smoothly there were still things that came up um, that you, you're always having to problem solve, you know. Um, it's kind of inevitable. You're like pulling a building apart and things get uncovered. And, um, you know, I just had to be brave and be honest about, okay, this is a situation, this is going to cost more or, you know, why don't we change this? And so, yeah, it was just I learned to kind of find my, my voice and my confidence in just communicating everything whereas in the past working for another firm you kind of you're not you're unsure about how much you can actually kind of communicate <laughs> to the clients and you know you're trying to please them and kind of make everything perfect but it's not always perfect and so I learned to kind of um yeah just communicate everything and I think people are understanding you know when things come up then if you just keep the lines of communication open. So, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so then when, um, when we last met, you had sort of segued into doing some furniture design. Mm -hmm. So how did that come about? I mean, I'd always kind of designed pieces, I think, for spaces. Um, I did uh, I, this... Um, video editing company in Soho. I did their offices and they were quite creative and um, uh, did these big stone kind of uh, uh, sort of reception desks that were like slotted together. And so I, I loved kind of trying to, to do my own pieces for spaces when it worked um, because I loved working with makers. I mean, that's something that I, you know, going to the construction site um, and just seeing how things come together and, uh, you know, different trades and different materials. That's like, yeah, what I'm all about. And for furniture, I think it was fun because it was something that you can design quite quickly and you can kind of, um, you, you can see it come to life really quickly. So um, I think the first collection I did though was, when we moved out east and I met this awesome girl, uh, Stephanie, who was doing an interior uh, store and she was super encouraging of it. And yeah, so we did that first collection and kind of just 
went from there. Um, so yeah, bit by bit and kind of doing more and more, but obviously having kids and family, like, you know, changes everything. So I'm kind of taking it slow right now, but, um, but loving it. So yeah. Yeah. Are you still doing any architecture work at the moment? No, I'm not taking on any architecture projects. Um, just focusing on the furniture and my little ones and then um, doing bits and pieces of art as well, which I think for me, I realize I have to like, I have to stay creative, like doing something or making something. It's kind of <laughs> keeps me sane. Um, so I'm working on, um, uh, I, I loved um, like metal castings. And so I found this foundry uh, that's actually run by a woman and uh, they're doing a few sand castings of aluminium uh, right now. So yeah, it's really fun just like finding a trade or a craft and then like figuring out what, what we can make <laughs> with that. That's kind of like what, yeah, drives me right now. It's sort of seeing something yeah. come to life, you know, quite quickly. It's really fun. Yeah. 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 And I do think that when, um, I, I mean, I hear this a lot from people that when people have children and they're in those early years, sometimes you adapt your creative practice to kind of have something that can easily slot in between sleep times or yeah. you know, those easy things rather than having the stress of, you know, taking on things where you're kind of in over your head and you're sort of trying to juggle too much and yeah. nothing then gets your attention. So um, it sounds like perhaps that's your your season right now of sort of working with things that are sort of more manageable in that sense. Definitely. Yeah, well. I think I had to just come to a point where I, I, I actually accept and I love the title of mother, you know, and I think it, in some ways it feels like I've pressed pause on being, you know, designer and stuff right now. But, um, but there's so much still just ideas and things happening during that time. And I, I feel like, you know, really just starting again in, in an interesting way. And I'm really excited about, you know, kind of other projects that might come up um, in the future, but just really relishing this time and um yeah just really I've learned a lot from the projects I've done like everything has been such an eye-opener and just a learning process um and yeah just taking my time right now to figure out next steps the other thing that I'm really curious to find out about is last time we met you obviously you had just had um Finn who was about six weeks old at the time and you hadn't been living in your home for very long and you were you'd sort of made some very basic changes but how's the house going I'm, I'm I wish that I could get a tour <laughs> maybe again another time yeah <laughs> no I I loved um I love you like coming to shoot our houses I mean it's such um well this house and then the loft just such a, a great uh, memento because it does kind of change you know like I'm always constantly like moving things and stuff we haven't done I'm dying to do like a renovation uh, that's definitely something we're planning towards and excited about in the future um, but uh, yeah really just moving things around all the time add new you know you know lighting and stuff like that but nothing major yet <laughs> you know I completely get that it's it's um it's so hard I think when that is your work and you want to and you can see what needs to be done and you want to do it but you have to write wait for the yeah. right time and um, I think it sort of makes you appreciate it all the more yeah no because I know that um <laughs> the process like you say I think I want to wait until I, I know I can kind of do everything because I, I keep thinking, oh, I'll just do the kitchen, but then that's going to touch this and that's going to make me want to do that. And <laughs> so I didn't want to just do it in pieces. And yeah. Now I'm going to ask you some other questions. Um, and I looked back because I thought I'm sure I'd interviewed you for Daily Imprint yeah. a long time ago and I had but I'm going to ask you the questions again <laughs> because I'll be curious to see and we might put a link 
on the show notes to, so people can see your previous yeah. answers. I don't know if you've reread them or not, but um, but I'll be curious to see, yeah, like how, how your answers are perhaps a little bit different now and, um, you know, how you've evolved in your journey. So, so yeah, maybe yeah, we can get so- into that. And the first question is always the hardest, but, but, um, but you know, you're practiced with this one. So, <laughs> so which five words best describe you? I hate this kind of question because it's, yeah, it forces you to talk about yourself, which I don't like doing. But um, uh, I would say curious, um, passionate, but inwardly, <laughs> um, uh, thoughtful. <laughs> Um, nurturing which is what motherhood has kind of changed in me I think and uh, hopeful is that five <laughs> yep that's five I was counting <laughs> and what's the best life or career lesson you've learned oh um, so many um, I think uh, that in architecture it kind of felt a bit like um, you know medical kind of profession if you will like in a way because it kind of felt like everyone always looked to you to have all the answers um and to know everything and I realized that's just not possible and so I think um I learned just kind of to question things and it's okay to ask questions I think was a big one um and you know I always kind of felt like the youngest I was female you know there's just a lot of kind of stressful situations where you know you yeah you were looked to um and and so I kind of had to gain that sort of uh confidence in in those situations but yeah I think just learning to to ask questions and it's okay was a big one um and not to uh strive for perfection but um beauty I think is a a big one and uh that's something that a amazing structural engineer professor Max Irvine at Peter Suchery's office he was an artist as well and he was so creative and he'd always tell me like stop trying to be so perfect like (laughs) it's okay um yeah so they're the career ones for sure I love that. That's such a beautiful idea to not strike because I am a recovering perfectionist and it and it still kind yeah. of peeks its head out on time to time and I kind of catch myself yeah. now more. But I definitely have that tendency and I love that idea of striving for beauty, not for perfection, because obviously beauty is imperfect, but it's still beautiful. Mm. So Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I love there's so even something that's imperfect is beautiful. Like it's it's really freeing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. Um, what's your proudest career achievement? I feel like I haven't <laughs> um, probably had it yet. I don't know. It's. I feel like I've, I haven't done anything that's crazy, like notable um, in a way. But I, um, I think like just a small thing was, you know, when I did this design for a theater in Chelsea and um, it was for the foyer because it got completely flooded out in uh, Storm Sandy. And so we did this really fun uh, fit out that clad it all in metal and everything like that and had a big opening and my parents were at the opening and yeah, it was a really proud moment because it was something that I really worked on myself and and they were there to sort of see it and everything. So I think that was that was a big one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I mean, I More think, it, yeah, but, <laughs> but sometimes, you know, we can be proud of the way that we handle something. It doesn't have to be like an yeah. accolade or, but I think it sure. can be something that we know that we we put in our best effort and we yeah. gave it everything or we, you know, dealt with it with integrity or whatever it is so um yeah so yeah I think you know we can be proud of different things within our within our kind of life and career and again that's something else that I'm I'm kind of learning along my little journey yeah and what's been your best decision um I think 
I might have said this in the interview years and years ago, um, but definitely it still remains the same is that um, marrying Glenn, <laughs> my husband, um, was the best decision because I think it's just been the best journey with him. Like he makes everything better and fun and joyful and he just inspires me. I just love doing life together and I think that's just so important, you know, um, to find that and to uh, just have that person, you know, who's alongside you to like, because he knows the the things that you struggle at and that um, that are challenging and that you overcome. And, um, yeah, so I think, yeah, he's he's the one. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand that. Yeah. He was a lot of fun that day when we met him. Um, at your mm -hmm. house so yeah I can definitely see that in him um yeah who inspires you um so obviously Glenn <laughs> um he's just yeah I, I can keep talking about him he's just a super talented photographer and he just has actually great design sense too he he's so particular about things uh you know we're we have dreams of like having classic cars and, um, you know, we're into um, really into cycling right now <laughs> um, and, you know, just traveling together and going cycling. And it's just funny how like things do surprise you what kind of um, comes up in life that you kind of get into and can just, yeah, be really uh, exciting and inspiring. And that's, um that's something we're excited about for the future I think when the kids grow older as well and whatever but um I think there's so many people like obviously um my family and uh my sister who um Sasha who you mentioned owns a furniture company she also went through uh came through stage four cancer a couple of years ago and just massive um yeah inspiration because she's just such a a warrior like a quiet warrior um and my aunt I feel like I'm naming all like my family but <laughs> they really are she's Annette Kelsey she's a a artist and a poet and she writes the most amazing poetry yeah of course I've um, met her too see I know all your family. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's part of the family <laughs> um but yeah, she's amazing. But okay, so in a design world sense, um, I've been reading a lot about uh, Charlotte Perriand, who was an architect and uh, furniture designer, and she was a mother as well. And so I think I'm just I'm drawn to stories and people that you know you kind of find similarities in or just um, resonate with. And yeah, so she's amazing. And um, who else? Eileen Gray um, as well, um, artists like Eva Hesse and Georgia O'Keeffe, um, a lot of women right now because <laughs> women are amazing. <laughs> yeah, I get that. So, I yeah. understand that. Yeah. yeah. What are you passionate <laughs> about? Um, passionate about design and, and making and materials. Uh, I always have lots of materials lying around, things I find, um, just uh, nature and uh, seasons and um, traveling, good food, <laughs> cycling, family, um, lots of things. I think there's so much yeah. to enjoy, you know, in life. What, so. what dream do you still want to fulfill? Um, obviously I really want to, uh, renovate this house room right now and then also build, uh, hopefully like a, a studio, um, you know, garage where we can get a, our classic car in there as well, <laughs> a vintage car eventually, which we don't have. Um, and, and then I do, I mean, that feels kind of like a big dream right now, but I think. I'd like to kind of push myself and I, 
I keep thinking of, I think when the kids are a bit older, I re really want to do a project that is, um, uh, is architecture is kind of a space and uh, kind of a place to go to that's kind of different, that shows like a different way of living and um, is just, you know, detailed really beautifully and, you know, maybe people can go and experience it or maybe it um, could become like an artist in residency type thing. So I don't know, but I think I definitely still want to do architecture and I'm not sure how what that looks like in the future, but there's um, a lot of ideas. There's always ideas floating around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. And what are you reading right now? Are you reading any books right now other than to your seven-year-old? <laughs> your two-year-old, <laughs> yeah, almost exactly. two-year-old? Yeah. No, um, I don't read like a huge amount of um, like novels or books and stuff. I love biographies. So I'm actually reading um, – uh, I guess it's more like a memoir called Then Again by Diane Keating. Um, and it's really beautiful. I actually started reading it and I was like, oh, I, I think mom would love this. And so I sent her a copy. And so we're kind of like reading it together, which is really nice um, because it's kind of she writes, it's like a memoir for her mom. Um, and yeah, lots of design books. Um, I have a book uh, by or about Annie and Joseph Albers, uh, which is a husband and wife, uh, designers, artists. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, just lots of design books and, and biographies, I think. Yeah, yeah, interesting. You'll have to send me links to some of those. And um, yeah. do you listen to podcasts? Are you listening to any podcasts at the moment? A few. Um uh, recently, I listened to um, Athena Calderon. Uh, she has a podcast called More Than One Thing, which is really great. And I think I'm resonating with that a lot right now because I've really moved. It feels like I've moved away from architecture and kind of doing more, um, I guess you could say, like cross-disciplinary things, you know, art and design or whatever. But um but, uh, yeah, so that, you know, the whole thing is that, you know, we're more than one thing and it's okay to not just have one title. And um, and so that's been really, really encouraging. Yeah. So I like that podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, I've listened to a few of those episodes. They're good. And um, yeah. I've, I've got one more question of this series and there's another question that I haven't asked yet, which I do want to ask you about. Um, so what piece mm -hmm. of advice would you give to your younger self? <laughs> so much um but I think to stress less <laughs> and not to worry so much because I'm a bit of a warrior I've gone through a few um you know anxiety attacks being an introvert I you know was always a little nervous in situations um and uh you know just trying not to care too much what people think and and don't compare yourself with your situation um you know, it's your journey and your story, I think. Um, and, yeah, just don't take anything for granted. Just enjoy life and, and be brave, I think. That's what I would tell her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so what I also wanted to, to just sort of ask you about and touch on is, as I mentioned earlier on, you I, – I, I'm always – you know, love the simplicity of the spaces that you create and it shows up in the furniture that you designed. And even, you know, as I mentioned, like your Instagram feed, it's very thoughtful and considered. And I wanted to ask you when so many people really struggle with say clutter or things having stuff within their homes and sort of letting go of things. And obviously you've moved quite a bit as well which I sometimes think yeah. helps because you have to, you yeah. know, you don't want to be kind of through it things. all. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, so is that something that's, do you think innate within you, this sort of um, yearning for simplicity and the way that you embrace it, or is that something that you've worked through and, and what is the thought process that you go through when you are kind of going through your collections and deciding what to keep and what to, to sort of let go of. Can you share a little bit of your insights and thoughts? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, um, I love objects. Like I've always loved objects and um, 
And so I, they're always like special things that I like to keep and, um, but they're always, there's just stuff that you accumulate and it's, it's kind of frustrating at times when you go, why did I, <laughs> why did I get this or what's this? And um, yeah, so I think it's good and healthy to kind of constantly be editing and, and decluttering and going through. Um, we, yeah, we recently just did that through our whole like studio space, moved it around. And by moving things around, you, you have to pick it up and, and put it somewhere. So I think it's important to look at it and go, do I really want this? Does it kind of, you know, bring me joy or whatever I think is <laughs> what um, some people say. But uh, dad was a big, he's big on chucking things. <laughs> so I definitely kind of was raised like that. Um, I think even goes back another generation to his mom. There's like a story about her saying to him when he's like a little boy, like, get up, get out of bed so I can make your bed. You know, she liked things neat and tidy. So, <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's important to to make sure you have things around you that you love and, and to constantly edit, I think, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I find that too as well, that idea of, like what you said, that to actually touch the object. I think that so often mm -hmm. we can live with things and we actually stop noticing what's around us. And yeah. when you actually kind of, like you say, you move things around or you you touch the object and you kind of realize, like, is this actually that important to me? Like, do I still need mm -hmm. to be holding on to this? And um, yeah. yeah, and I guess then the other side of that coin as well is um, then it kind of, can make you more mindful about then not consuming or not buying those things again or sort of trying to stop yourself before there's perhaps yeah. like an impulse purchase or, or whatever it might oh, be totally I mean I think that kind of reminds me something else I would tell my younger self is to like yeah not be wasteful because I think when I started earning money and stuff I was you know you kind of get excited about buying things I loved clothes and stuff and um and and then now I feel like I've got such a strict wardrobe. I'm like got a uniform and I, I really analyze everything I I buy, you know, before I buy it and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's good to be mindful of that for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's been so nice to yeah. see your face again and um, to Me chat. Too. And, and yeah, I hope that 2021 is a much better year for for the world and and certainly for yeah. america and um the east coast where you're on and that mm. one day i can visit you again and <laughs> you'll have yeah. that car you'll the studio you're welcome anytime <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully <laughs> thank um, you so yeah, much for yeah. having me no you're welcome so thanks so much for your time and um we'll leave it at that all of the links and info you need to access for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bunjalung Nation where it was recorded. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint. <laughs>